Welcome to the Powerlifting and Power Ballads podcast, where we bring you a weekly dose of powerlifting news, tips, and training advice with a touch of 80s rock ballads. This podcast is presented by Team Roar Powerlifting, your source of the most comprehensive coaching and meet day preparation. Here are your hosts, Josh Roar and Laura Sturm. All right. Welcome, everybody, to episode 15 of the Powerlifting and Power Ballads. Power, the, the Power wow. Ballads podcast. We're off to a great start. I am Josh Rohr. And I'm Laura Sturm. And welcome. So we're going to jump right into the song of the week, which is Winger, Miles Away. Winger. Yeah, Josh. So uh, they were formed, uh, Winger was formed in New York City. And after the re- release of their second album is when they kind of started getting popular. Um, they went on a 13 month tour with some of the following bands, uh, kiss, which is everybody knows. I love kiss the scorpions, ZZ top extreme and slaughter. So they toured with all of those bands, uh, for their second album. Yeah, that's, that's a awesome lineup. Can you imagine being like the new kids on the block and touring with kiss and the scorpions and zz top i mean so when you're saying new, you're, you're talking about being the new kids on the block not the actual band nuclear no nuclear. no god no that's okay that's just, nothing to do with this podcast in any way just making sure <laughs> but i mean they they were like all the rage all the rage and then their careers kind of came to a screeching halt you know what caused or may have caused their careers to whoosh, nosedive i do not beavis and butthead what so yeah so the um they started with a big mtv following right and they got mainstream they're on this big tour they're you know heart of the young they're everything they're critically acclaimed getting all these awards and beavis and butthead had a character that was kind of a dopey kid um and beavis and butthead always wore like acdc and um, metallica shirts right this dorky kid that had the winger shirt all the time and then i think there's one show that they were talking about um music videos and they were talking about the Beavis and Butthead Beavis and Butthead were talking about the winger video being kind of like lame and mainstream and you're kind of you know stale if you are uh, a winger fan and you're kind of safe and uh right after that their careers dried up and yep they the the band actually semi blames Beavis and Butthead so I don't I didn't know any of that and full disclosure here I'm not really a big winger fan I just really like that song. So I love, I love that I throw this out there at you and you know all these facts about it. It's great. There you go. Yeah, Beavis and Butthead. There, yeah. There's a couple of, uh, there's another artist that um, had a career changing moment from MTV as well, Billy Squire. Oh, I love Billy Squire. I, I did Everybody too, Wants I, You, The Stroke. Oh, great, great artist. And he, you know, he was around and then he'd like, poof, gone, right? And there was this one music video that he did that um, tanked his career. Really? That's interesting. Yeah, don't watch it. It's horrible. You'll never want to wanna see it. Yeah. Well, I think we're going to have to watch it at some point now. Yeah. Um, it's that, that's, like, that's, like saying, that's like saying, hey, this, this uh, concoction I cooked up tastes terrible. You got to try it. Well, of course, of course you're going to try it. You can't, just, you can't just hear that and like not be curious have you ever had someone say to you taste this milk taste this milk it's so sour ah oh, it's awful yeah I, I i try it every time i have problems <laughs> clearly <laughs> all right let's talk powerlifting. all right yeah, there's that 
Yeah. So uh, this is, so today being Friday, October 16th, uh, this is the four year anniversary of the creation of primetime. So four years ago today was day four, Sunday of the 2016 USA Powerlifting Raw Nationals in Atlanta. And actually it is, as we're, it's probably, um, so we're, we're, full disclosure, we're recording this on Thursday. Uh, and it's, it's currently like 5.30 PM, um, which is roughly the time that the final prime time session was ending. So, uh, what we thought we'd do is just kind of go over some of the, uh, well, we'll do some of the memories that, that we have, but I want to run down the list of all the lifters that competed there. Not, not, that's not true. We're not going to go through <laughs> not all of them. <laughs> We're going to list the open national champions um, and just see kind of who, who was the champions at the time. And of those names, kind of who's still around. So uh, we'll start off. Uh, I'll, I'll read, I'll read the ladies, Laura, you can read the guys. Um, so, in the 47 kilo weight class, the national champion in 2016 was Heather Connor. Um, I think that's kind of real she, where she really burst onto the scene. Um, 52 kilo was Marisa Inda. Uh, 57 kilos, um, one of my favorite female lifters, Jennifer Milliken. Uh, she came down from Tennessee. Uh, she did her first USA powerlifting meet, I believe, at our Georgia State Championship in 2015, I think. And she kind of beat, well, this is a side note, but she, she beat the reigning national champion um, at the state meet. And we're just looking at her like, who the heck is this girl? Like she needs to go to nationals. So uh, she ended up going to nationals. And um, the next two lifters I mentioned were kind of the favorites for the you know, best overall female lifter. So 63 kilos was Jennifer Thompson and 72 kilos was Kim Wofford. And uh, Jen Milliken at 57 actually won best overall lifter that day. So, well, that weekend, I guess. I do remember a really funny um, video that you did with uh, Jennifer Thompson at her, filmed at her house, <laughs> oh, where yeah. you were talking shit. Um, to I don't her. ever do that. No, never, never. Um, to kind of, I mean, it was staged. We know that. Uh, um, so she knew, but, you know kind of stirring the pot saying that Kim Walford was going to beat her. And uh, she pushed you into the water. It was she at her, her house in the dock. That was epic. Yeah. So, so that was, yes, that was staged, but that was, that was my actual prediction. Um, and I was wrong. And, and Jen was legit upset with me. Um, so for picking Kim over her. Uh, but anyway, Jen Milliken uh, showed up everybody, I guess. So um, also, what were you going to say? That's pretty darn respectable. Yeah. So also lifting um, on that primetime platform uh, at 84 kilos, the national champion was, uh, I'm not going to name this person's name. Um, everybody can look up and see who she is. The reason I'm not going to name her name is because I'm not mad at her. I'm just very disappointed. The reason being, I probably shouldn't say this. It's probably going to get me in trouble. Um, but I was mad for a while. The reason being, um, after this person won the 84 kilo class, um, they filed a dispute with PayPal to get their entry fee money back. And 
one, because PayPal, without going through all these crazy steps, sides with the buyer. So long story short, she competed, won the national title, and then about a couple weeks after the fact, filed a dispute, got her money back, and then never answered my emails, Facebook messages, or anything. So if you know this person, tell her that I am upset with her. And tell her to answer and return my From messages. four years ago. Yeah, well, I kind of forget. So obviously, until I put this list together, I, I actually kind of forgot about it. But, you know, back when it first happened, I, I sent multiple emails, multiple messages, and never heard back. And then just kind of, you know, forgot about it. I didn't really forget about it, but I'm just like, you know what? I, got, I don't have time to keep chasing this person down. Um, so anyway. I didn't forget about it. Oh, I didn't forget. I never forget. <laughs> Anyway, uh, so that's the fun story there. So if you know this person, um, they're, they're dead to me. No, that's not, that's not fully true, but kind of. Uh, 84 plus, uh, the national champion uh, was Bonica Brown. Um, so a lot of those names on, on the female list, we are, are still uh, very competitive. Um, the only one that hasn't really been competing is that one that I didn't mention. So. All right. So on the men's list, we have 59 kilo Bill Tenarelli, which I have to admit, I'm not familiar with Bill. Um, 66 kilo class. I'm sure he was putting on a great show. I was kind of busy that day um, with lifters and volunteering and a bunch of stuff. Uh, Keith Mahoney. McHoney. Did I ever say that right? No. K-Mac. K-Mac. That's that's all I know. I I love K-Mac. He's one of my favorites. Me too. He's awesome. Um, 74 kilo, Taylor Atwood, 83 kilo, John Hack, 93 kilo, Jesse Norris, 105 kilo is Bryce Lewis. Remember that. Um, 120 kilos was Tony Harris and 120 plus kilo. And I remember this very vividly because it was such an epic moment. Uh, Ray Williams with his 1,005 pound squat. Uh, which was the first raw squat that broke the thousand pound record. And I remember the, um, all of the spotters gathered around him. Like, you know, if this squat was going to go wrong, they were in just in big trouble. (laughs) (laughs) Please, please don't, please don't miss. Like, what are they going to really do? I hope they he wouldn't miss it by much, you know? Yeah. And he, he, he killed it. So he kind of left no doubt there. Um, But some of the things, I guess some of the other things and just what we're going to do is put the links to those four primetime sessions. There was you know, the meet started on Thursday and ended on Sunday. I'm going to put the link to those four YouTube live stream videos from those four primetime sessions in the description. So you guys can go back and watch it. Um, and you know what? I'll try and find that video of Jen Thompson um, throwing me in the lake too. That, you should. that was awesome. I'll put that in there, but some of the things I remember um, a lot of these. So, uh, Arian Kamisi actually posted a, a picture of me on his uh, Instagram today. It was a shot that he took of me like sleeping in the back. Like I felt, I fell asleep in the chair. Um, you know, it, it was the first day. I think the picture was from the Thursday, which was the first, the first day. And I had basically gotten, you know, maybe two, three hours of sleep for the previous like four or five days. Um, just getting everything set up and, and making sure everything was working and all that stuff. And anyway, that, that was, that was kind of a,
fun flashback. So I, I, I feel like I probably missed a lot of the moments because I was working behind the scenes and or taking a nap. <laughs> um, and one of the, I thought one of the cool things that at least from my standpoint that happened too was um, this is actually nothing to do with running or with the lifting itself, but uh, Mike Zawalinski was there kind of as the scoring manager and um, he saw me just like falling asleep, almost like standing up multiple times. And basically he kicked me out of the venue. I'm the meet director and he kicked me out of the venue and he said, go, go to the hotel room and sleep for an hour, turn off your phone. He's like, I'll take care of everything. If, if we need you for any reason, I'll come get you. But if you come back before an hour is up, like I'm going to be pissed. So, um, and, and to be honest with you, that was everything because I was, I was literally about to die. So that, that hour of sleep, you know, kind of got my second wind and got to enjoy the meat a little bit. Um, so Mike, if you're listening, I appreciate that. Um, lifting wise though, uh, the, all of those lifters we named were the, you know, those were the national champions. Um, there were still a lot of lifters that were kind of, we know their names now. Um, but they were kind of still up and coming at the time. Um, one, one of those just off the top of my head was, uh, Sam Calhoun. She, uh, she ended up third in the 63s that year. And I think she finished like 50 kilos behind Jen Thompson. And now she's, you know, she's the top dog. So pretty cool. Um, another, another one is, um, um, Daniela Mello. Uh, she actually got second in the 84s. And I think that was kind of her first, big meat and we all kind of know who she is now she's she's up you know totaling something that nobody has ever totaled before um so pretty crazy stuff there um let's see on the guys side um that was the year that jesse norris missed his first two deadlifts and had to come back on his third attempt to beat dave ricks um so he yeah it was um and that was just really an epic i guess live stream primetime moment was and i don't know to this day i don't know if the referees did it on purpose or not but after he pulled it he was the last deadlift of the day there is probably like a four to five second delay before the lights came on so everybody in the crowd it was standing room only basically is just like hush quiet and then the lights come on and everybody just goes ballistic. So did it come down to he was either going to get first place and beat Dave Ricks or he was going to bomb out at the meet? Correct. Oh, wow. Yeah. I, yeah and it, I don't remember that either. It, yeah, it uh, was crazy. Like, I, I remember that moment. Just I, it, I think I remember Dave Ricks lifting because he would always wear those awful shoes. He always had these like squishy looking sneakers. I'm like, like how basketball. Do you yeah, basketball shoes. Yeah. I yeah. think he changed for a little bit, but now he's changed back, I think. Yeah. Yeah. But hey, he's Superman. After a while, you just go, okay, whatever. Yeah. If you want to lift in a 2-2, you should just do that. <laughs> yeah. doesn't really matter for him. And then uh, one of the other things was uh, that meet Dennis Cornelius lifted at uh, super heavyweight. So he actually went head-to-head with Ray Williams. Um, so that was kind of a cool, cool battle just to kind of see. He wanted to kind of see – I believe his goal was to, I can't remember his total, but he wanted to try to break like the all time world record at uh, way in 275 or less, um, which is the reason he kind of went up at that weight class and, or at that meet and had, had a pretty big meet. So uh, one of the fun things I was looking back through the record books, um, 
there were a lot of open American records broken that, that weekend. And I just went back through the records and there is not one remaining open American record from 2016 raw nationals. And that, that blows not one. And that blows my mind. Like some of those, some of those lifts that we saw that weekend were just crazy. I mean, like you mentioned Ray's, I mean, we obviously all know that Ray squatted more than that thousand five since then, but you know, at the time, there were a lot of people thinking that that might be like there forever, you know, and then obviously Ray went on to break that multiple times again, but, but those are some of the cool, uh, cool memories I, I still, you know, I still go look at that bar I have in the corner. I have the, uh, the bar from the first primetime session or the first meet of primetime that Ray, Ray autographed. So all those lifters that I named, they all lifted on this bar and then it, it was uh, signed at the end of the meet by Ray. And then I still have the backdrop that was on the primetime session, the primetime platform for the whole weekend too. So um, maybe, maybe when we get to like the 10 year anniversary, we'll do something special with them. Uh, but right now we're at the four year anniversary. So this is as far as we'll go. That was a, uh, a cool year. I do remember Boy, that was a uh, an interesting meet for you to put on. I remember it being at Nationals and you getting phone calls from the hotels. They the hotel had decided to remodel the ho- um, the yeah. ballrooms and such that you were going to have the meet in. Like, yeah, that's fine. You can just go somewhere else and have this meet. And you were like, no. And there was lawyers involved, and yeah, oh, things that you don't really hear about. Um, yeah, I've I've blocked a lot of that out. Um, oh. But yeah, I remember so, that, and I was so, I was traumatized for you. <laughs> yeah, so basically, what happened? What had happened was um, it was probably you think three months out. I don't remember exactly the time frame, but we basically, were at nationals. I remember, and that would have been in May, May right? June, July, August. So it would have been five months out. Yeah. So five months out. Um, <clears throat> yeah, the we were originally supposed to have the the 2016 raw nationals, um, at a hotel in downtown Atlanta. And they had a really big, uh, really big ballroom, not, you know, not quite the size of the the venue that we ended up using. So at the end of the day, we ended up, you know, on the positive side, but anyway, they contacted me and said, Hey, you know, we're just, we're going to do renovations. Um, basically your contract with us is void. So you can find another, you know, you're free to, you're free to find another location. And this is five months out and we had already, you know, this contract and everything was done about two years out. Um, and we had made all these arrangements and, you know, planned for this venue and, you know, the amount of work that goes into this was, was crazy. So, so I'm, I'm freaking out. Um, and basically, you know, basically went and met with the hotel and they're like, you know, you know, there's nothing we're going to do. You know, we we're releasing you from the contract. And I'm like, well, I'm not releasing you. Like you signed this contract saying you would provide this venue and there's not many venues of that size, um, you know, et cetera. So long story short, yeah, like you said, uh, lawyers got involved and, you know, this is all while trying to still plan this event. So it was just a lot of added stress, but at the end of the day, um, we were able to work things out and, you know, luckily that luckily we were able to work things out that it was, we were able to keep, uh, keep the meat, keep the meat in Atlanta and put on a, a, a very, very good event. I thought. Mm, it was, it was really good. It was, um, it ended up being a huge, huge space that it was yeah. in, was it at the Mart 
or something? Yeah, it was, it was called America's Mart in downtown Atlanta. And it's, uh, it was a 55,000 square foot ballroom. Um, so, you know, we ran five platforms over four days. And then we had a really, I guess, one of the things that, that a lot of lifters, their, their biggest, I guess, compliment of that was the warm-up area. We had it spaced out. So there was, you know, 15 warm-up platforms, but they were all, you know, 10, 15 feet from each other. So there was just a massive amount of space for people to, you know, roll out, uh, stretch, you know, do all their dynamic warm-up stuff without being on top of each other. So. Which is important. Yeah. So. Yeah, that's awesome. Yep. Memories. So, memories. Um, and one of the other things that I wanted to, I guess, mention on, on the raw national side of it was, um, you know, all, there's a lot of the behind the scenes stuff that people don't, don't see or whatever, but we, so the, the session ended on Sunday around five and we had to actually be out of that venue, like everything torn down by like 7am the next morning. So yeah, it was, it was brutal. And, and, you know, this is all at the time me try, I mean, I could have probably booked it for another day. Um, but that would have cost, you know, a, a significant amount of money. And I was trying to put basically everything back into it. Um, you know, like just some of the things, I guess, that, that happened at this meet for the first time, like it's the first time we had a live stream with instant replay. It's the first time we had like play, or uh, I'm sorry, first time we had uh, like a sideline reporter. So like when people were coming off after big lifts, like we were interviewing them on the spot and just stuff like that. Um, but anyway, so we ended up tearing down the night after and, you know, there was a couple of lifters that stayed and helped. And um, I know Jill Arno was there like, till wee hours of the morning and she went straight to her flight but you know we're walking around like zombies loading the semi-trailer and i think i got out of there at like five in the morning or something like that is when we finally finally got done um so just you know i don't know why i'm even talking about it i guess some of these horrific memories of it that i blocked out are coming back so yeah. um but it, it was you know all in all it was a, it was a lot of fun and i you know it was a lot of work but just seeing the end product i think it was the was the positive. And I think that's, you know, the prime time was kind of born there. There was a lot of skepticism about it because it had never been done. And I think it really, you know, I think it really was, was something that people really liked. And, you know, it's kind of the, the thing now. It's the standard. I mean, there's a lot of things that were kind of cutting edge for that meet that ended up becoming kind of the standard. Yeah. And, so, and, and groundbreaking. Honest, yeah. And I'll be honest, like there's, you know, people have taken it further. So, I mean, it's not like that's never been achieved again. I mean, we've got those video walls and stuff now, like, you know, that was, that was just something that we theoretically had wanted to do, but just didn't really have the technology or the, or the ability to do at the time. And, you know, now, right. now, but now it's of, available. All of that stuff probably wouldn't have happened if like you hadn't done it first. Right. Like it, it just, it kind of keeps building on each other. Like it, it, people stand on the shoulders of the person who came before them. Yeah. So you were the guy who, who did it and then, you know, kind of kept going, which I think was pretty epic. Yeah. I mean, it's hard to say where it'd be. I mean, I think, I think these things are, I think it was a natural progression. Like some of these things would have probably happened with or without, you know, what we did, but I think, you know, at some point somebody has got to do it. So, you know, I guess. <laughs> so why we, not you? <laughs> yeah, so we did. And I guess that's, that's history. Yeah. I think um, I remember it, pretty vividly because um, my, my husband was one of the people that was there with you for a good part of 
the setup. I don't remember the teardown, but I remember um, he, he, slept he was, yeah, he was there. Yeah. After and yeah. Good old Dan Sturm voluntold. Voluntold. Yeah. But he, yeah, he, he, he put together all the, pla- like he put together basically everything that needed assembled. Um, so yeah, there's, there's so many and people he built that podium out of cabinet grade wood. In yep. the garage. Yeah. And we, st- so I still use that. So yeah, the, the podium we did awards on, uh, he, he did it a little fancier than I was expecting, but it looks really good and it's on wheels with the little handle. So we just kind of roll it in for awards at all the meets we do now. And yeah, it's super cool. Well, it had to support, you know, a 300 pound guy. So yeah. Well, 400 pound guy. Mm. Oh so. yeah. That's that. <laughs> yeah. So that. yeah. So yeah, that was really cool. And like I said, some of those things we still, you know, we still have like, and still use at some of the, some of the local meets we do. But, All right. So do you want to move on to the new lifter yeah. tip or have we, have we extended our time just talking uh, about this? Well, we're going to hit our new lifter tips cause we didn't get to it last week. So we got two of them that were posted from the team Roar Instagram over the last two weeks. So I want to make sure we touch on those real quick. So uh, tip number one, uh, basically the, the, the concept of two weeks ago we posted was just compete. Um, and the, the caption was, you know, waiting until you uh, can break state records to compete is foolish. Um, and the reason I say that is it takes a lot of experience and like learning the sport, knowing the environment and things like that. So a lot of people wait too long, in my opinion, to actually get on the platform. And I would say the number one, like not even close regret that most people have that I talk to is not starting sooner. So if you don't feel ready, if you don't think you're good enough, like I'd say, forget about all of that. Just get on the platform and compete because you can't, you can't substitute experience. I would agree. Um, I, I would say too, as an athlete's rep, I used to get questions from people um, all the time. Like, Hey, you know, this is, you know, how old I am, how much I weigh, this is what I lift. Am I good enough to compete? I'm like, yeah. Yeah. I mean, everyone is like, come in, start, do it because the stimulus is different. It's not, it's not gym. That's a little bit different. It's, it's awesomer. And it's awesomer. And all all you have to do to compete is be able to meet the standards, the referee standards, Mm -hmm. like squatting below parallel, pausing on the bench, you know, and and honestly, the minimum weight that you have to do is 25 kilos, the bar with the collars. Um, So, you know, to that end, even there's some people that when they start lifting, they can't squat to parallel. Well, you can do a bench press only competition. So you can still, you can do a meet and not have to squat, but at least get into the meet so you can experience what it's like. Yes. And then you'll get addicted and then never want to yep. stop. It's true. Yeah. Is it, experience is necessary. I like that point. Yeah. It, yeah, it is because, well, because it's, we said so. Because we said so. Because it's different. It's not the gym. It's, um, it's definitely different. Um, so your other lifter tip of the day, if you have a heavy set at the gym and you need a spotter, ask someone, ask someone, (laughs) I see a ton of people that post on their social media, like, Oh, I didn't, uh, didn't have a spotter today. So went a little bit lighter. And then in the background of the picture, there's like three or four people working out. Well, go ask one of them. Like worst case scenario, they say no. Like I don't, I just don't, I don't know. I don't understand that, I guess. And I think, I think maybe it's a, maybe it's an intimidation factor. Like if you are a new lifter, you might, 
you know, maybe, maybe you're embarrassed at the amount of weight you're lifting or something like that. But I, I view that as, you know, just, well, I need to watch my words here. I don't think it's, I don't think it should ever be embarrassing because everybody starts somewhere. Like, you know, I, when I started lifting, like it's way, way less than what I, you know, eventually was able to do. And, you know, I, I get it that, you know, if other people are lifting more or whatever, but as a, as somebody that's been doing this now for over 20 years, like the, the reality is like, we're always willing to help somebody. So if somebody, you know, if somebody is trying to max out with an empty bar, like I'm happy to go spot them. And I don't even look at that as, you know, anything less than, I guess. And I think some people view it that way. Cause it's the effort and it's the attempt, I think is the novel. Yeah. And you, and you have to start somewhere. Like, so, mm-hmm. you know, I just, I think, you know, that's, that's my recommendation. Don't be shy. Like, don't be afraid to ask people. Um, most, most everybody is going to be willing to give you a spot or, you know, give you a tip if you ask for it or whatever, but you know, you just have to ask. And, and I guess I'll add to that. Like me personally, if I'm in the gym and see somebody working out, like I'm not going to approach them and ask them if they need a spot because I don't want to bother them, I guess. I don't want to interfere with their workout. Um, and a lot of people might take that as offensive, like, oh, you think I need a spot or something like that. So I would much rather as somebody that's working out in the gym or, or coaching or whatever, I'd rather somebody ask me and I'd be more than happy to. So that's kind of my thoughts on that. But Yep, I would agree. Cool. Although I have had some guys in jorts and Timberlands in a boot in boots, you know. Did you say jorts? Jorts. I remember there was a guy I was I was training, and I, you know, I was in a different gym than my normal gym, and uh, someone came up in jorts and Timberlands and was trying to give me uh, advice on bench pressing and how I shouldn't arch, and I was just like, wow, just. Don't. So, here's 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 my observation. This doesn't fully hold true, but if somebody approaches you unsolicited and starts offering you advice, chances are they don't know shit. Um, so just kind of keep that in context. Like, I don't know what the point of that is, but there's a lot of, there's a lot of know-it-alls out there that, that try to try to prove how good they are by, by acting like a know-it-all. Well, to me, that just kind of solidifies how much you don't really know. Yes. If you're wearing Jorts and Timberlands and the boots, yeah. In, in the gym you're probably one of those people yeah yeah that's probably a dead giveaway too but <laughs> not squatting he was not squatting hmm yeah hadn't done leg day in a while yeah also a giveaway <laughs> every day is leg day yeah what's what's that uh you might be a redneck thing if if you're if your biceps no if your if your arms are bigger than your legs you might be an imposter Yes. Might be a redneck if you're in the gym with shorts. Shorts. Yeah. Cool. With that. All right. With that, we're going we're gonna to stop now. Uh, don't forget to follow us on Instagram uh, and I guess all social media platforms at PL Ballads Podcast and subscribe if you guys are listening. We would appreciate it. And definitely check out the links we're going to put in here. Um, go back and watch the the first ever primetime sessions. They're pretty awesome. And on that note, we will see you guys next week. Have a good one. Bye now.
Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed today's episode of the Powerlifting and Power Ballads podcast, please remember to subscribe and share it with your friends.